Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj. Mark, what is going on, man? Uh, you know what it is. Another weekend in the city. So restrictions have been lifted. Uh, things are starting to get back to normal. Uh, saying, I believe... saying stage three is coming up soon. Yeah, so that should be interesting. Uh, Barber's lineups are pretty big. So finally people... got my haircut. I finally got my haircut. I made an appointment, and I still had to wait like half an hour. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just there's so many people that need the haircut. So uh, even with appointments, I would assume that uh, the lineups are going to be quite long for quite some time. Do you, do you know what the difference between stage two and stage three is? I actually don't even know what that means. Um, I know for women anyway that uh, I know a lot of uh, salons, they're just doing nails, but they're not doing stuff like threading of the face or like eyebrows. Mm, okay. Uh, so I think that'll be allowed in stage three. I think gyms will be allowed to, I believe, will be allowed to be open. I'm not sure exactly with what restriction. Uh, but uh, I believe they'll be able to be open again. So a lot of things that are still closed probably will be able to be open. Mm, okay. Um, so I guess just continually opening things. Um, I think uh, beaches will probably be more open. I think they already some are. Uh, already, I'm pretty but... sure they must be completely open. I, I've seen pictures of the beaches and they've been completely packed. Yeah. I I was at the mall yesterday at Scarborough Town Center. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people there. It was open, but uh, something that was pretty, uh, uh, I guess, go ongoing was the every time you'd enter a store, uh, you'd have to sanitize, sanitize? your hands. Yeah, okay. it was it was a little bit annoying because like at a certain point, I didn't touch anything, and I'd go into another store and get sanitized. So my hand was constantly being sanitized, even though they're. I'm not a big fan of uh, no. hand sanitizer. My hand, my hands felt a little strange. I kind of just left. I just went into Foot Locker, um, Foot Locker and Champ Sport just to check the shoes out. Really, uh, as most yeah. stores had lineups. Yeah. Because they're only allowing so many, and I just didn't like the feeling of my hand after. So I just went back in my car and. Uh, yeah, well, I just don't like the idea of constantly killing all sanitizer. the bacteria on my hand, right? Yeah. Because I'm. A big proponent of you need to have a little bacteria to keep your immune system up. I don't know. George Carlin, just... man. George Carlin said it best. You got to be a little dirty <laughs> to stay clean. <laughs> Which, by the way, you blew my mind yesterday with the fact that he was on Shining Time Station. I yeah. Googled it after and he absolutely was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. That's how I know him. And then I started seeing him doing comedy and I was like, what the hell? Why is the little guy from Shining Time Station? <laughs> <laughs> doing comedy not yeah, that he, he couldn't do it but he was so he, serious in that role right he's done so, he's done a lot i, I realized he like did kid shows did some cameos on other shows as well and, I and think, he yeah and he hasn't really aged he looks kind of the same yeah well he, he, he he's passed away now right i believe yeah okay that's yeah. what i was gonna ask you yeah I, if I, he's passed. I think he did pass away i, I can't remember when but um a lot of his george carlin yeah, rest in peace for sure. But a lot of his stand-up is still relevant, even in today's time. It's amazing. Oh well, he was ahead of his time about. for sure. Yeah, he was yeah. ahead of his time and very progressive, I would say. Yeah, like some guys, like I was listening to, like like Russell Peters' jokes have gotten real old really fast. And, and not to not to dog on him, but I was listening to the uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, I think the most recent one was with uh, Russell Peters, mm -hmm. and uh, I I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was too great, but uh, you, you brought up a good point. Is like when you're doing this job or podcasting, you know, fairly. Um, uh, well, as guess, much as he has, right? Yeah, 
it's it sort of just gets to that point where it's sort of you know there's a little bit of a plateau not to say that it lasts but it does happen and another guy i was reading his comments that a lot of people have um sort of felt that plateau with joe rogan but it's at different times and this one guy said i've been listening to joe from basically more or less when he started and i've gone on these plateaus with him as well where his stuff just hasn't been good for like eight months and then like i'd tune back in like after the eight months and see something good and he's good for a little while and it goes on like that so i didn't particularly find uh this podcast good but not to rip on the podcast as much as russell peter's comedy to me is not as you well, know generational yeah, as it could have been no i think he's very a uh, niche right because yeah. you look at george carlin he his comedy is very politically driven i guess you could say yeah in a in a in a in a strange sense uh political it's got like messages to his 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 comedy right yeah Whereas these were you know we know what Russell Peters is all about. <laughs> yeah, just make yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, George Carl, man, really great comedian. If you guys haven't checked him out, do check him out. He's, his stuff is free on YouTube, and he talks about uh, things that are comedic, but also things that are like true in life. And I guess that just comes with wisdom and, and age, yeah, so, yeah. It's uh, like social commentary sort of type thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. For uh, sure. So we definitely got off topic there, but uh, <laughs> but George Carlin, man, who doesn't like a little George Carlin talk, right? Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. That said, um, NBA. I thought there would be more news coming out after the month end, uh, but nothing really came out. I guess nobody's really withdrawing. Um, I think the biggest name that withdrew from the coming resumption is Victor Oladipo, um, but even then, his reasoning for withdrawing was. You know completely valid he was just wanted to make sure he's rehabbed for next year yeah uh, that said uh there's been some other news obviously uh jr smith signed with the lakers uh i mean that everyone saw that coming from a mile away uh do you think jr smith's a good replacement for avery badly uh sure jr smith was good i don't know how good he's <laughs> gonna be uh avery bradley Again, he's one of those guys that sort of fell off the map and uh, just joined LeBron because LeBron needed some basketball players. Right, so, right. Yeah, sure. J.R. Smith is definitely a replacement for Avery Bradley. Is he Is he something that will put them over the edge? I don't know. Honestly, J.R. Smith's confidence sort of plummeted after that screw-up Yeah. Uh, in Cleveland, and he sort of never had a career after that, actually. I was going to say, did he play this season at all? Because I can't recall. Was he, he hasn't played Cleveland or at all? Or no, no, no. He hasn't played. He's been a free agent. Oh, Carmelo free got agents. signed before he did. Oh yeah. wow, crazy! It just crazy, no yeah. one, no one needed him. No one wanted him, and it seems like LeBron's the one to be pulling these guys. Uh, man, if I was LeBron, I'd go after a G leaguer. I wouldn't go after these washed up guys. No offense to J.R. Smith, but yeah, why not go to a guy, why not go to a guy that's hungry than a guy that needs redemption? I don't know. It's a good point. It's a good like that's what the Raptors do, right? You look at the Raptors; they always find really hungry talent and we're always constantly developing players yeah. but i don't know you know uh lebron james always seems like a guy who needs his guys there that's true and there's a list of guys that are on his list and he, you know if he can get them he they're always on his team for some reason he loves those kind of guys like i feel like kyle Korver is another guy that he would love to have yeah. uh but anyways uh going back to the victor oladipo situation how do you feel about that one yeah, I think it's a good move for him. Uh, he definitely needs to rehab properly. He's thinking about long-term career, which is uh, good. Uh, probably bad for Indiana, obviously, but uh, I don't think anyone has really Indiana getting too crazy this year, so I think it's a good move. That's what I was going to say, though. If Victor Oladipo came back and say, hypothetically, he was even at 80%, do you think that gives Indiana good chances in the playoffs? 
Or do you think eh, they still will probably wouldn't have made it out? Um, I think it doesn't really change my rankings of teams like Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee. Like those are juggernaut teams, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I still wouldn't put Indiana in there. While well, while I do say that, uh, teams like OKC and Memphis could possibly push for something, and Indiana could also be a team in the East that could mm-hmm. uh, push for something. But I don't think again to uh, to your question. Um, no, I don't think they push maybe any further because Diplo would have to sort of reintegrate into a team that has signed Michael, uh, Michael Brogdon. Yeah. Um, who's and, been playing out of his mind this year, by the way. Right. Yeah. So you definitely need a little bit of adjusting time. And I don't think eight games plus a playoffs would be enough. Um, as most teams have defenses, but to, to, to the defense point though, if Diplo does come back, teams won't know, really know how to, guard their uh, guard the guards i guess for lack of use of better words right as as no one has experience of michael brogdon and victor oladipo backcourt yet so and that's that's the other thing i would say is that brogdon's almost the perfect guy to integrate with because he can sort of change his game to always facilitate other players he's not a very ball dominant guy yeah uh, or he doesn't have to be at least no so he's like, almost like the perfect guy for Victor Oladipo to come in and have a quick uh, integration with. But that said, he's already called off the season, so we'll have to see how they do next year. Um, yeah, I was a little bit sad to see because, you know, I really want to see Oladipo come back and play. He was really exciting when he was playing, um, and it's been so long. I don't, when, when did he get injured? I can't even remember. I think last year. Was it early uh, last year? I think it was early last year. Yeah, so he's been out for quite a time. He's been out time. for a very long time, yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Let's see. With that said, as well, John Wall, I think, said he's healthy. So hopefully we'll see John Wall next year as well. So next year could be an interesting year. Yeah. Obviously, KD's going to be back next year as well too, right? Yeah, it's going to be a different league once again. And Clay Thompson. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Clay Thompson will be back. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting league next year. It is going to be a very interesting league, especially with KD and Kyrie healthy. That Brooklyn team is going to be something to look out for. Uh, Speaking of Brooklyn... DeAndre Jordan tested positive. He's oh, out. He's out. He actually he withdrew, right? He, he withdrew, yeah. Because even though he's tested positive, he technically does have time to recover. Yeah, but it looks like he won't be participating. And I think that more has to do with... Uh, if you notice what uh, Brooklyn was doing this year um, was you weren't playing DeAndre Jordan a lot. You are playing uh, uh, Jared Allen a lot more. And I think that was because they want to keep DeAndre healthy for when... Kyrie yeah. and Kevin Durant come back. So I, I, think, I completely agree. I think it sounds like they're just saving him. Yeah, throwing off throwing out the season basically. Because yeah. I think even um, what's his name? Who's the other guy? Dinwiddie was contemplating not playing. Yeah, which so. doesn't make sense to me. You better play now because you're not going to play at all next <laughs> year, very possibly. That's right. Do you think DeAndre Jordan is using this as as an excuse to to not continue the season? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I don't really know his personal feelings, so I won't mm-hmm. comment on that. But uh, yeah. if if I were him, and I, I and and with my beliefs that I just said about him wanting to be healthy for next season, definitely would be an easy excuse to not play this year. Right. Um, it doesn't really mean anything for the Nets this year because they're not going to go far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might as well rest up. But uh, with DeAndre's case is a little interesting because while KD was injured legitimately and Kyrie more or less legitimately. DeAndre was healthy this entire season. He hasn't yeah. played a lot of games. I'm not sure. Did you have him on fantasy this year? I not? did have him on fantasy. And he was very 
streaky. Like some games he would be really good, and then yeah. other games, because obviously he was splitting minutes with uh, what's his name, Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I believe Jared Allen should have been the starting center anyways because he's the the younger, he's more athletic. Yeah, younger he's, he's the future, right? But yeah. obviously they love DeAndre Jordan down there. He's good friends with Kyrie and KD. So to that point, I would say that DeAndre has DeAndre has to be a little careful. Um, because having streaky games usually means that you're not co- as consistent as you once were. And we all know DeAndre Jordan for him being a rebounding freak and a, uh, a field goal percentage freak and a block freak. Right. Um, so those things will definitely be important uh, next year. Uh, but again, you're getting older. Yeah. So there is always that uh, cause for concern um, that if you're not going to be playing and he hasn't played much this year, right. you could lose a lot of your skill. What I will say uh, on because I did have him fantasy, I don't think he was streaky because of his skill sets. More so streaky because the coach didn't know who he wanted to play. So cool. some games he would have like five, ten minutes. Some games he would play the entire game. Uh, so I don't know Strange. what the center situation is going down in Brooklyn. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade either one of DeAndre Jordan or uh, Jared Allen. Uh, in my mind, I thought DeAndre Jordan would have came into Brooklyn as a backup center, but maybe I stand corrected. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, spending time with uh, Jared Allen, uh, t- 24 minutes, 24 minutes is not terrible either. Uh, that definitely makes uh, Brooklyn very dangerous at the center position, but you can also play them. You can also play uh, Jared Allen at the power forward, DeAndre at the center, mm-hmm. um, and you just we have that fortified wall. Uh, your inside game is going to be diminished with those guys plus KD on defense. So, Well, what my worry would be with those two is whether they both – are okay with one of them coming off the bench because it seemed to me like they both wanted to start. Like DeAndre Jordan is obviously a, you know, a starting. pseudo starting center. Yeah. Uh, Jared Allen I thought deserved to be a starting center from you know his work this year and last year. Mm-hmm. Um, eh. you, uh, did you have Jared Allen last year? I had Jared Allen last year. Yes, he was pretty good, right? He was good. He was yeah. Good. So I thought he earned you know starting minutes, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the coach is thinking down there. Yeah, it depends. Uh, they're they're both similar players in a lot of respects. Yeah, but they're also very different in a lot of respects too. So, uh, I I think the coach probably was just sort of testing out the water. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. Yeah, just to see, because again, when Katie comes back, your entire your everything changes because of you know who he is. He's superstar, score, defense, everything. He does everything, right? So that's right. It depends who he gels with most, and and with. Players like KD, it really depends on who he gels with. Um, I don't think he really knows Jared Allen. Um, and I think KD, to me, swings me more as a friend guy. Like, he likes to play with his friends. Right. Uh, so DeAndre Jordan might actually benefit the most from a relationship in a starting role. So, But I don't know. Um, that's just me speculating. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think when I first heard the news that they got DeAndre Jordan, you know, everyone was saying it's because they're good buddies. They're all buddies. Yeah. Uh, him, KD, Kyrie. Uh, so, uh, in my mind, I thought they were going to either move Jared Allen or I don't know, but let's see what happens. Uh, like you said, it's not a bad problem to have when you have two good no. centers. It's not a bad problem at all. No. Like I said, I expect them probably to make the finals next year just because of the amount of star power they have. Uh, but again, I don't know what's going to happen this off season. So just based on what's going on right now, if the team stay exactly the same, yeah, I, I have the Nets going pretty far just based on star power. Speaking of which, a similar situation in Portland. Uh, Nurkic is back. Oh, uh, nice. I think Lillard actually said that he was going to start. Yeah. If you're a white side right now, what are you thinking? 
pissed. Yeah. He's having a breakout year. Um, he's a second really breakout well. year. Second breakout year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After his Miami, I'd be pissed. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, uh, we're not in the playoffs, so something's got to give. And Portland's goal has always been the playoffs. And if you're not here for that reason, uh, you're not here for the right reasons. Yeah. So, uh, definitely, Dame saying that probably wasn't the best thing, um, because if I am. Uh, the odd man out, which would be Whiteside, because I had I just joined the team. Um, mm-hmm. I feel a little disrespected, and probably not too much, but a little disrespected. I know Dame's a good guy. Uh, well, I think but I don't like Dame. Dame so early. I think Dame was just saying it as a matter of fact, because maybe it's already been decided that he is going to be the starting center. True. Uh, so maybe Dame was just you know speaking facts, uh, not really trying to give an opinion either way. But uh, yeah. who knows too? Maybe Whiteside is all good with this, and maybe like you said, he they're all in the same mindset that they want to make the playoffs, and this is the way to do it going forward. And that said, we know Nurkic is a starting center. We saw what he did last year. Yeah, it was pretty dominant, and he was really good for their um, chemistry. He was just a great center. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Whereas uh, Whiteside, I believe, hurts you on free throws. Right. Um, and fouls. Uh, yeah, he fouls pretty frequently. So uh, Nurkic is a more refined center. More so of I a would... modern day center, I'd say. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think he was dropping threes, if I'm not mistaken. You like... had him last year as well, too, right? No, I didn't have Nurkic. Oh, you didn't have Nurkic last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he w- I think he did play very well last year, uh, especially in the playoffs. I think he played well, right? Yeah, I think I think he had some breakout games in the playoffs, uh, but I cannot be for certain. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Let's see what happens there. Um, that said, all all these situations with the COVID, you made a great point. There's still lots of time till the season starts. So even though these guys are coming out testing positive, they'll probably be be ready by the time playoffs actually start or yeah. the season resumes. Yeah. Well, the thing with, I, I want to go back to Portland is they got a lot to, uh, they got a lot to do this year. And I think they're one of the teams that have, uh, that really have, that have to light the fire underneath them. Cause they're not even playoffs anymore. Um, they're not even a playoff team. I should say anymore in the West, which is kind of scary when you've got an aging Dame, um, I mean, McCollum's not really, and I, I think we've spoke about this many times with the Portland Trailblazers. It's just kind of shocking how all these guys could be doing well, and they're still not making playoffs. So something is, so, you know, something else. Oh, is going something on. is definitely up, right? It's the yeah. same way I look at Trey Young. When you drop in like forty points and you're yeah. not winning games, there's something. And the same thing with Devin Booker. Like when you're dropping forty points and you're not winning games, there's something yeah. not right. And it's well, not I never, I never, the player, but it could be the system, right? Yeah, and I never agreed with uh, Devin Booker signing an extension with Phoenix. That didn't make sense to me if you're truly about winning. And to me, he seems like he's about winning because he's always saying, you know, next year we're going to make playoffs. You're not even in the cutoff now. so uh, It's it's tough because when you look at the amount of money that's on the table, if he didn't sign that extension and he went to another team. But, but to his point, he believes in himself and he believes that he can make the playoffs with Phoenix. So that's also a good mindset to have mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but we're just not seeing it. No, no. At all. No. <laughs> uh, it's weird, too, because I think Phoenix right now has a pretty decent team. They're a good team. team. Yeah. yeah, they got DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. They got Jared Jack Jr., I think, who killed it. I think, is he, on, yeah. is he on Yeah. Is on Phoenix, right? Is he or Memphis? Is he on Memphis? I'm thinking, I'm, I may be thinking of another guy on Phoenix. Uh, I think he's yeah. a rookie as well, who's doing, like, decent. Yeah, Jaron Jackson is on Memphis. Uh, Phoenix has, let's see here. Uh, but while we search this up, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like 
they have a decent team. Well, well, listen, when you have DeAndre Ayton, who is uh, granted he you know missed a lot of games this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about the suspension. Yeah, yeah that hurt. That hurt them pretty badly. Yeah. That definitely hurts you, but. Uh, Oh, actually, you know what? Phoenix doesn't have too many guys. No, they don't go. have too many guys. Yeah, I was just looking at that. They have Mikhail. They do have Sarge, Sarge, though. He's not too bad. No, he sort of faded, and this could have been his restart. And I and I thought I took it a little more from him. So maybe yeah. next year it might be better. But he's he's a good player. Uh, he's underutilized, so Phoenix could do that. But yeah, Phoenix isn't not such such a crazy team. But again, you got Devin Booker, who's one of those like. Uh, He's a driving, shooting. But the thing about Devin Booker, too, is I thought he'd be taking more threes this year, and he's not. So um, I guess Fair he's enough. more facilitating and, and what. But he so still he's averages, like a, what, two threes at least? I think two threes a game, yeah. That's not terrible. No, no, it's not bad at all. But I was expecting yeah. him to maybe go for four threes a game, which is yeah. a lot. But yes. uh, I think so, doable for a person of his caliber, shooting caliber. It's crazy how the NBA has shifted in in modern times, eh? Like yeah. back two then, two threes would have been amazing, amazing right? Yeah. You know, back in the day. But uh, you're right, though. Like four threes is almost like if you're First, a good three point shooter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's no like no brainer. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Uh, I'm pretty sad that Ricky Rubio is on Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. That dude has been in the league for a long time, first and foremost. But uh, he was he's probably Luka. on the. Yeah, he must be on the tail end of his career, so I'd like to see him go somewhere where he could be utilized. Yeah, he uh, should have. He could have easily went to the Lakers and really propel them into something greater. That would have been good, eh? I don't know why that they would... went with Rondo. But... Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I guess Rondo because he's already won a championship. But honestly, Rondo's yesterday's news, uh, whereas yeah. like Rubio is, I think Rubio would have made your team stellar. Well, With I, all the I, big guys around him. Ooh, I, I stopped. I stopped supporting Rondo after his stint in Dallas. Basically, gave up on the team. Yeah. Um, and we, you, you remember the whole story about how they decided not to give him the playoff bonus, yeah. as a, collectively as a team. I was like, yeah. I mean, when you piss off your own teammates, that's it's a bit of a problem. <laughs> well, Dallas has been screwed many times by different people. DeAndre yeah. Jordan, which they ended up signing eventually too. Yeah, for one year, and then yeah, it was too late. <laughs> that's hilarious but Man, uh yeah. anyways uh, dwight howard says he wants to play in the restart which pff, i don't understand this guy at all um <laughs> first he says first he said he didn't want to play what what, what was the real situation with him he didn't want to play because he wanted to stand He's, up for yeah his, for, his political beliefs exactly he was he agreed with Kyrie, and he, and he was on the fence uh, of and i think he was actually leaning towards not wanting to play yeah, and the Lakers needed to know because they need to know if they're gonna sign somebody or if they gotta call someone up from the G League. Uh, but it seems now he's sort of backtracking, saying he does want to play. Yeah, now, well, I mean, I'm sure. I'm not a big he, Dwight Howard fan. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not a fan. I don't hate him either. Um, but that said, I think LeBron obviously had a lot to do with this. If LeBron comes to you and says, "Hey, we need you to play." There's probably a good chance you're gonna play. <laughs> and, he, and he was doing really well on the Lakers. I mean, dude, I get it, but it's weird when you say one thing and then do another too, right? So you're really inconsistent with your. Oh, I agree with you. Like, if he if he thought that he might wanted to play, he shouldn't have said anything to begin with. Yeah. If he was still on the fence, he really shouldn't have said anything to begin with, because now it does. Like, I'm not gonna blame him because he was always on the fence, but. It does look a certain way to the fans when they see this. 
Yeah, there's no two ways about it. When you start saying, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to play because I don't want to take away from the the protests and you know the social justice the that's going around. Yeah, the movement around the world, and then all of a sudden you say, you know what, I think I'm gonna play. Yeah, it's like, weird. <laughs> just make your decision first, and then and then yeah. be go public about it. You don't need to yeah. give us the thought process. Yeah, and there's many things you can do. You know, not wear numbers uh stuff with your court and I, I mean whatever it is what it is it's just strange but the de- lakers definitely need him on that court yeah uh, to be contending for anything because if they lose him that's a big piece that they're losing so great for the lakers uh, a little strange for him but he's been a strange guy ever since he left orlando so yeah uh, i mean dwight howard's been had had a i wouldn't say a polarizing career but it's been uh kind of a crazy career yeah. in terms of him being you know a former superstar in orlando and taking them all finals. the way to the finals yeah. yeah only to meet kobe and uh rest in peace uh, and, and destroy him yeah uh, uh, but he, i think he knocked out lebron james uh to get to the finals right yes crazy in in odd fashion he did yeah he he uh he 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 prevented us from seeing a lebron kobe final Can yeah oh dude yeah i know you say that quite often i didn't yeah. realize the significance of that yeah until now, and I really feel that I rather have ruined no, much. Everybody rather. would, yeah, for sure. Because I think you were telling me uh, LeBron has the uh, the season series, not season series. Yeah, the head to head. Yeah, the head to head matchup. Uh, pretty significantly too, so it would have been super interesting. Yeah, and that was a weaker Cleveland team, and that, uh, that was that was and that was an overachieving Orlando team in my opinion because Hito Turkoglu got that huge contract from Toronto yes. the season after, right? And then all those guys basically fizzled out. I forget who the shooting guard was. Uh, see, that's how bad it was. Like he just he sort of fizzled out too. Uh, and they were po- they were saying that he he's going to be a great shooting guard. I forget the guy's name now. So oh, uh, Jameer Nelson. No, no, he's a point guard a who point was guard, also. Yeah. Who, who was also being... He was pretty touted. good. Yeah, he was pretty good in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, I forget the shooting guard's name now, but... Uh, Anyways, yeah. yeah at the time, that Orlando team looked good. They were over... Uh, yeah, they were overachieving. They definitely overachieved, though, because we yeah. saw exactly what happened to all those players. Yeah. Uh, at the time, though, you know, you can't really tell in hindsight. No, no. Only no. in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, Dwight Howard is going to... Well, I think he's going to play. It Has he made it official? Like he's going to play. No, he said he wants to play. That's what I'm saying. Like, just make a decision first, and then and then make your comments. Yeah. No need for this. Oh, I think I might play. I think I might not play. So, uh, just another, I guess, LeBron news, real quickly. Uh, his rookie card set the modern day record uh, with a nine hundred sixty thousand uh, dollar bid. Wooey! All right, money laundering or what? Or do you think this money. is a legit? Oh, dude, I read up about that. A lot of art pieces that go for millions and i guess maybe billions i don't i don't remember yeah some of them go for like hundreds of millions yeah they're, they're just money laundering gigs i was like oh dude that's oh insane. i mean it has to be right like that's hundred million dollars exchanged over a piece of art that said i'd love to be an artist and make that kind of money <laughs> i guess it's kind of dirty money so it's kind of bad for me to say but at the same time who well i think the thing too is a lot of these art pieces uh, are from uh deceased artists so I guess oh, okay. the person who makes the money would be the person selling it, whoever owned it or whatever. Yeah. Right. So it's not necessarily like the artist selling for a hundred million dollars. It could be a collector yeah. selling to another collector. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, clearly money laundering, man. Who pays a million dollars for a rookie card? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty uh, wild. Cards aren't really collected anymore, right? Am I right? Or 
Uh, I'm sure there are collectors out there, but I don't know how many collectors are going to spend a million. Like, I, I'd be interested to see what's, uh, you know, the highest bid for a Michael Jordan rookie card would be. And yeah. compare the two, right? Because in my be mind. That's a good question, actually. Right? I should have uh, looked into that. Anyways, a uh, little fun fact, though. Uh, LeBron James, $960,000. Can, can you imagine the amount of things you could do with $960,000? Yep. I, I probably couldn't. <laughs> That's how much that how much that money that is. Uh, but I can think of a few things that I'd like to do. That's right. Uh, now to touch on a topic that we went into a little bit last week, uh, but we're gonna go full steam ahead this week. Kyle Lowry, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so I did a little bit more research, and we talked about this throughout the week. And at first, I was under the impression that it's pretty difficult to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I've since changed my mind. That said, that said, so this is what I will say. I think Kyle Lowry's a first ballot Hall of Famer. That said, I don't think it's guaranteed because uh, I'm going to list a guy who wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, but who is very similar to Kyle Lowry, and that's Chauncey Billups. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it. Um, and I think he still hasn't made it. I'm not quite sure. I have to double check. Um, but he'll probably eventually, he'll definitely eventually make it. But um, yeah, that's, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, it's super shocking. Uh, there's other couple names on that list as well. I think Sean Marion was one of them. Uh, ben Wallace was another one. Mm -hmm. uh, all guys who weren't first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, that said, Cal Lowry, like if I had to choose, yes, absolutely. Champion, um, you know, how many time All-Stars this guy? Six times, it looks like. Six times. Yeah. That's impressive. This year, last year. He's been basically, oh, he's eight straight, uh, six straight, six straight years as a all-star. That's crazy, right? So, I mean, that's just, that's good achievements. Um, and he's won Olympic, right? He's won he's Olympic won gold. He's won a gold medal in 2016, yeah. Yeah, so. He's our oh. franchise leading guy in assists, triple doubles, three-point mm -hmm. field goal. Mm -hmm. And you got to think, too, that... His championship is a little bit special too because he won the first championship for Toronto, a team that nobody ever thought would win a championship. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, so that said, what do you think? I'm pretty sure you're probably on the same boat. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, it might not be unanimous, but even then I'm starting to think it might be unanimous because Kyle really respected in the league as well. Mm -hmm. uh, not only by his peers, but by the media. Uh, as we see, he's constantly being voted in um, in the NBA All-Star Game, which is a mix of fans, media, and peers, and coaches as well. Um, he's a real good guy. He's a real leader. He's a bulldog. Um, again, I've compared him to Iverson to a lesser extent. Um, he's just everything you'd want in an NBA player. He's a really good guy as well, good father. Um, he really reps the city. Um, maybe not as hard as DeRozan rep the city, but he definitely loves Toronto. Uh, he wants to stay here. Um, well, he's called Toronto home, right? Right. In his uh, Player Tribune articles. Right. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's a man. What can I say about this guy that hasn't already been said? Like, uh, his his career averages are a little underwhelming, but his last like six years averaging are are really good. I'll go with the career averages because that's normally what they look at in terms of. Hall of Fame. Uh, he's 14.7 mm -hmm. points, 4.3 rebounds, 6.2 assists. Uh, for someone who's six foot, 196 pounds on a Toronto Raptor team up north where we get no to little to no respect, I think those are pretty good numbers. Those are pretty damn good numbers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he spent some time in Houston as well. So, uh, and I think he sort of did, had ups and downs in Houston. Um, so I know he had a little bit of ups and downs at the first in Toronto, uh, but he really turned everything around. He's been, like I said, he's been great. Uh, I think ever since uh, DeRozan oh. joined the team uh, when we drafted him. Yeah, well, I think, um, well, Cal Lowry came after DeRozan, right? But I think oh, once they traded uh, Jose Calderon, it was basically. Yeah, and there was, was the a time. Yeah. And, it was the yeah. beginning of his legacy. But uh, what I will say, though, is his game definitely transcends his numbers. I agree with you that when you look at his numbers on paper, they don't look that special. But yeah. you got to actually watch this man play. Yeah. Like you said, he's a bulldog. I mean, I like to see the number of charges he's taken in his career. Yeah. Um, you know, he's vocal. He's a vocal leader. Uh, so there's a lot to his game that you don't see in the numbers. Um, and I think he's that type of a player. Uh, there's a lot of guys like that. Like if you look at a guy like Steve Nash, for example, his numbers really aren't that impressive for a two-time MVP. No, no. Even his MVP years, you could argue that you know there were players that had much better numbers than him, like guys like Kobe, LeBron. Um, mm. But the reason he won MVP was because of his game outside of those numbers, and I think yeah. Kyle Lowry fits that bill perfectly. Yeah. So I think I think without a doubt, Kyle Lowry is a first ballot Hall of Fame. I think he'll get it fairly easily as well. Uh, Again, winning a championship outside of the outside of America mm-hmm. definitely helps your uh, resume, and I think that's probably one of his. That is the greatest accomplishment in the sport of basketball in the NBA. Do um, you think though that that might have an effect in the opposite way though? Just because obviously Americans just don't like Toronto, or maybe just don't care about Toronto. Well, he's an American who came to Toronto, embraced the city, embraced mm-hmm. the team, and won a championship. So he'll be always be known as an American, born in Philly, born and raised in Philly. He's the Fresh Prince. Um, no, yeah, know, I understand that. But what I mean, became a king in the North. What I mean, but it's just that because let's be real, Americans they don't really care about the Raptors. Uh, mm-hmm. We you see it in the media; they hardly talk about the Raptors. Uh, we don't get televised games because we don't uh, contribute to the you know Nelson rating numbers. We just don't get shown a lot, so I don't know if being you know being a Raptor is going to help your nod to the Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame is an American Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, be- I I mean that's those are valid points as well. I just don't think they're going to inhibit him. Um, mm-hmm. We're sort of we need to start of, and I think this is part of the movement is this nationalism needs to back off. It really doesn't mean much when you're talking about a human being and whether or not he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think if you ask most basketball fans, I think they will say. And you, you saw the surgence of Raptors fans in America uh, during the playoffs last year. Uh, that we, They were all over the place. Um, right. And, and I think those – I think that population of fans has also transcended into the media and guys that are responsible – for uh, making these kinds of decisions. Um, uh, there's a lot of intermingling between, and, and Toronto's a top 10 city in the entire world. So a lot of these big guys have been to Toronto and they do like the what Toronto and Canada brings. So I don't think that'll inhibit it, especially if they're, if, if, if we're just tolerant of who he is as a player mm-hmm. and, and forgetting the fact of the nationalism that has nothing to do with whether a human being is a Hall of Famer or not. Right. Um, so I definitely get your point. It, it's definitely possible that that could transpire, but uh, I'm going to leave my belief in humans um, that uh, we have sort of outgrown this 1800 ideal of nationalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. Like I, I, 
I hope it doesn't have any effect on his uh, whether he's uh, you know he'll be in the Hall of Fame or not as a first ballot Hall of Famer especially. Um, but I, you know it's just a question. I it's possible. I was just thought maybe it's possible that hopefully not, but it's possible. Let's see. Oh yeah. And that said, if he doesn't make it the first time, it's not the end of the world. I'm pretty sure he'll make it. Period. So. Oh, he's he's guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Just the same way Chauncey Billups, even though he didn't make it the first time, he's guaranteed Hall of Famer. There's yeah. no way that he's not. Finals MVP plus uh, championship, right? Uh, same thing with uh, Ben Wallace, which, by the way, it was like a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. He's an uh, all-star, a few, few-time all-star with Detroit. Um, yeah. That said, like like I said when I was doing my research, it seems like guys like Chauncey Billups, like Sean Marion, like Ben Wallace, they're more the um, exception rather than the rule. So I do think Kyle Lowry is more than likely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, just throw those examples just to show you that it's possible if in some twisted way, <laughs> whoever's voting, you know, took a lot of drugs before they started to vote. <laughs> Lots. Yeah. yeah, it's possible guys like Kyle Lowry and, and last week we we're talking about Vince Carter. It's possible those guys don't make it if, you know, whatever happens, happens. But yep. uh, I think for the most part, they should be a shoe in. Yeah, and that's about it. It's surprising. Like I said, I thought the end of the month would brought would have brought more NBA news, but not really. No. Yeah. Um, that that's said, right. yeah, that's okay. It means everything's on track. <laughs> yeah. No news is good news, right? That's right. Uh, that said, man, uh, what, what, who just recently tested positive and we were worried that this might happen to uh, the NBA? Um... Oh, that's a good question. You remember we had this conversation, though, right? It wasn't an NBA player, though. It wasn't an NBA player, but we're saying, oh, you know, what happens if LeBron makes the finals, yeah. then gets tested so, positive? Basically, just to give some context uh, without us mumbling, is basically, I think, I forgot what sport it was. A player had tested positive for coronavirus and they had to take 14 day break. And this is one of our um, quarrels that what if this happens in, let's say, the NBA finals, where let's say, uh, for argument's sake, LeBron and the Lakers make it to the finals. And then LeBron, um, knock on wood, tests positive for the coronavirus. Is he then to be sit out for 14 days, missing the entire playoffs, and therefore making the playoffs basically non, non, uh, null and void? Um, it, this, is a, this is a real uh, possibility um, in, in, in many respects in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. That people could te- good players could test positives and they got to sit out for that either the series costing them the series or the finals costing them a championship. Yeah, it would really make it an asterisk championship. So, yeah, the conspiracy theorists in me and we talked about this, uh, but the conspiracy theorists in me would assume that the NBA would just hide it. <laughs> yeah, especially for a guy like LeBron James, right? If you're LeBron James and you test positive but you have no symptoms. I almost guarantee you that the NBA is just going to say he tested negative. Let him play. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, but, is uh, a bit dangerous, but very possible. Yeah, and again, this is based off of nothing. So yeah. I could be absolutely wrong. This, um, But that would be my worry. Uh, and like you said, that would be super dangerous. You know, a lot of these guys are expecting kids. I know um, Gordon Hayward is going to take some time off to go see the birth of his uh, son. Um, so... You know, and a lot of these guys have young kids as well. So hopefully nothing unscrupulous happens and hopefully everybody takes things seriously and the NBA is actually, um, you know, not just putting up a fake visual security blanket up for the media. So, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. We'll, we'll only really know when that bubble... Because I think 
uh, I think it's best for teams to start heading to that bubble now. And that mm -hmm. way you can get everyone tested and everyone can get better. And then guys that need to be isolated can be isolated. And then at the start of the season, you can just sort of go. I don't really know what the plans are. So maybe I'm misspeaking right now. But the earlier you guys get there, I know the Raptors are already there. Yeah. Um, they just sort of want to get over that hump because that first hump is sort of like that party that you have uh, where everyone is all together. Um, and it's very possible to pass on, you know, d germs and, and whatnot to get this this virus. So uh, the earlier you guys do it, the, the faster you guys can be in isolation if you do have it and come out of it healthy and, and can just start again. So. And I think it's also important to note that these guys also, when they're in the bubble, need to really respect the rules of the bubble otherwise yeah you know there's no point in being in that bubble to begin with i feel like the raptors have done a good job i don't believe anybody on the team has tested positive uh which is great um and they've obviously been in isolation well not isolation but in their own little bubble in florida um so they should be good uh, but we're seeing other teams just starting to meet now uh, a few teams have already closed down their practice facilities because of uh positive tests um so I'm I'm glad that the Raptors did things, you know, the way that they did. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we just have that type of organization that take that's very professional. So I'm sure they spoke to the health experts. They probably got a few health experts as well, just for consulting and advice. The best way to go about this. So because we we want to win a championship. That's the bottom line. So we'll do we'll do it by any means necessary. Everybody's on board with that. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's just what it's going to be. That's the bottom line. It's, because Stone Cold says so. And moving on. <laughs> we can move on to wrestling if that's if that's all the bottom seg seg Segwaying to the wrestling side of the WrestleBall podcast. As you know, there is a little wrestle in the WrestleBall podcast. Um, Fighter Fest, uh, night one at least of Fighter Fest. Um, we watched it. We both watched it live. What did you think of it? Um, it was good. Um, the only match that I really didn't really like his Hakado Shida and Penelope Ford. I didn't think that was match was too interesting. It wasn't bad. It just was pretty sloppy. Yeah. Um, I felt like they didn't, you know, pull off the spots that they wanted to pull off as no. well as they um, probably had imagined. Yeah. Uh, that said, there were cool spots like when Shida did the uh, missed the top rope uh, drop kick and, and Penelope Cruz did her little bridge. Yeah. Uh, but it just looked a little sloppy. That's all. Yeah. Uh, another match I wasn't impressed with was the Cody and Jake Hager match. Oh, yeah. It was just... Uh, it was Unusual, a first of yeah, all. Very um, unusual. Uh, I know we talked... And you had a big gripe about, you know, Cody having to cheat. Yeah. I didn't understand. I why. didn't understand it either. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Jake didn't cheat at all, but Arn Anderson and uh, Dustin Rhodes both helped Cody... Yeah. At various times in the match, which is weird to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what are you going? What angle are you going for here? Like a heel? I think he's like slowly becoming a heel, or you're like a face that definitely does. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe he's angling for something here. But regardless, the match was terrible. Uh, I Jake Hager matches have been pretty terrible, if you ask me. Cody's mm -hmm. been more or less good with guys that he's fought with, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, just couldn't save this match. Even the like the interference was pretty bad. Um, just because it didn't really make sense to me. Why wouldn't Jake Hager have help? Jake Hager's wife is there who wouldn't be able to help him anyway. So I think was she just... did that one thing where she stepped on Cody's back. <laughs> that was oh, it. Oh, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, technically a disqualification if the ref saw, which I don't yeah. think he did. <laughs> well, he didn't see anything. 
refs are always blind. You know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't really. Uh, I agree with you. Jake Hager's never impressive. Uh, I personally wasn't impressed with Cody either. I, I don't think either of these guys really put out anything that was remotely close to a good match. Um, that said, you're right though. Cody has had really good matches in AEW. So if we had to fault anyone, it's probably Jake Hager. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and fault both of them just because I thought they both weren't great. Yeah. A match uh, that I did like. Oh, sorry. Did you? Uh... Oh, no. Go ahead. I, I think match... we have the same match. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, let's see. The match that I did like was uh, Jurassic Express versus... Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. MJF My favorite Warrior. match of the night. My favorite and, match of the night. And Surprisingly. that was the first match. Yeah. And that was the I, first match. I've talked and... Okay. I talk shit about Jungle Boy. I talk shit about Warlow. Everyone in that match impressed me. Showed up. Yep. Yeah. They all showed up. Warlow looked fantastic when he yeah. did his... Uh, what? A senton off the yeah. top. Looked great um jungle boy is just like i said he's a great worker but like the more i see him man i guess i just have to watch more of him and he's like i i feel like he's won me over still not a huge fan of marco stunt but he wasn't in this match really so <laughs> uh but great match man luchasaurus look i you were pretty critical of warlow to begin with as well yeah what do you think about him now yeah he was uh, definitely very impressive and i did a little bit of research on him this week uh, seeing that his successes in other organizations, he's held major championships in other organizations. Um, and he definitely can perform. And I definitely saw what I wanted to see from him in this match. He was a lot more athletic. He was a lot more free. He looked a lot less controlled in terms of himself because uh, in, in wrestling, a lot of the times your own worst enemy is yourself because you mm -hmm. got to trust yourself to hit moves on guys without hurting them. I could see that Warlow trusted himself a lot more and he did a lot more. It allowed him to be more free. And I, I'm thinking that MJF is a guy that maybe helped him do that. Um, MJF, again, is a great uh, wrestler. Uh, can't say that enough. Um, he's he even right before the wrestling match, uh, he, he dropped the line, I think, on Twitter that said, I think it was Twitter anyway, that said that Jack Perry was born into millions of dollars and pretends to be an underdog. Luchasaurus spent his parents' hard-earned money to get a doctorate in medieval history which is now i know why he's luchasaurus um but i'm the bad guy i can't wait for wednesday which i thought was a great promo from a guy like mjf who's a heel but he speaks the truth at the same time i think mjf is a true professional i think um he was able to propel everyone over the over the edge here with especially luchasaurus and jungle boy and wordlow so i think the star of the match while the while the spotlight wasn't on him was definitely MJF and I, I really enjoyed this match. It was too bad that it was only eleven minutes, but it had all the parts and all the storytelling uh that would lead me to believe that all of these guys are serious players in AEW. I could have said better myself. I, I feel like all of these guys have shown that they can be uh, you know, top notch wrestlers. And even Jungle Boy, man, that guy can whew, uh, I forget what it was that he did, but he was like in a position to get power bombed or something, then he popped up into like a Hercarana type thing. Mm. Um, he, the way he just moves is insane. Like he'll be in a position where he's like hanging off some dude's shoulder, then just flip himself into a different position. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy is is ridiculously skilled. Um, that said, uh, if I had to choose a star of the match, I'm gonna go with Wardlow. He really impressed me. Um, mm -hmm. I had the same kind of critique as you did. Um, he just. Like you said in his previous matches, he just hasn't seen... We haven't seen him be as free as he was in this match. Mm -hmm. This match, he looked like just a really good wrestler, plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, it did, it, it almost, I almost forgot that he was Warlow. 
the guy from the previous few months, and yeah. this was a completely different wrestler. I agree with you. I'm going to give the star probably of the entire night uh, to Warlow. Um, yeah. That said, with the main event was uh, Kenny and Paige versus Best Friends, and I'm still giving it to Warlow, so I think yeah. that says a lot. Yeah. Um, and Warlow and Luchasaurus, man, I cannot wait till they have a singles match together because yeah. it's it's got to happen. You know, the time that they had well, they together did it once in this already. match. Oh, did they? They already had one on Dynamite the night before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, week yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't that good. Um, so I'd like to see them do this, do it again, maybe tie it up again with this Wardlow and maybe a more looser Luchasaurus. Because even Luchasaurus looks a little tight with his moves. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as athletic as he is. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe he's capable of a little more, but he did some high flying moves. So I can, I don't want to, I don't want to shit too much on Lucha Shorts because maybe I'm just putting him on a pedestal because of his look, because of the abilities that I've already seen. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm expecting a little more. So I well, definitely I, love to see these guys go at it. I again. think he's a bit greener than these other guys, right? He, I think he's a, a bit more, <laughs> no, no pun intended, no pun intended, but you know what I mean? I think he has less experience than uh, a lot of these other guys. Yeah, I think uh, so. Um, so, you know, he still obviously has a learning curve, but um, still, I thought he, he was good in this match as well. Like I said, all four of these guys performed well. Even Marco Stunt as a guy on the sideline <laughs> was pretty funny. I like when, uh, was it Warlow who threw Marco Stunt out onto uh, Jungle Boy? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, so, I mean, he's... I love Marco Stunt. This yeah. He's a co- comedic character to me. Yeah. He's always doing funny stuff and he's always yelling and he's always, it's, it's hilarious. I find him very funny. He is actually pretty funny. Did you ever see that clip of him hanging out with uh, Sammy Guevara backstage? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he goes, he goes nuts after who was it again? Yeah, some guy and Sammy's like, "Yo, relax, relax." Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, so he is what it is. I, I guess I gotta learn to just accept that he is what it is. Uh, if he ever gets if he pushed, knows. Yeah. yeah. If he ever gets pushed as a champion, then I, I can be critical of him. But at this point, he he plays what he plays, and, and I, you know yeah. what? It's fine. Yeah, he is. He knows. He knows who he is. Yeah. Um. And wrestlers know who he is. It's about the fans accepting who he is. Everyone knows he's like five foot, whatever, maybe one or two or three or whatever it is. He's a skinny guy. Probably mm-hmm. not going to gain too much mass. Probably not going to go for a title shot in a serious contention unless something were to really hype him up in a, in a promo wise. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's just about us accepting who he is, and he he definitely accepts who he is. So yeah, that's what it is. Um, now let's talk about the last two matches on there. Private Party first and foremost uh, versus the Inner Circle. Uh, let's talk about first. Why is Matt Hardy paired with Private Party? Is yeah, there any well, real good reason for this? It's Matt Hardy from the Hardy Boys paired up with uh, Private Party because Matt Hardy has a multiple personality disorder, <laughs> split personality disorder, I guess. Yeah. So he can become one of three Hardys: uh, Hardy Boy Hardy, Version One Matt Hardy. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, delete Matt Hardy. What do you call that? Woken, woken, Bro- Matt woken. Hardy. yeah, woken, broken, I guess. Or broken, broken Matt or Hardy. Woken, yeah, I don't know. He's doing. Yeah. Um, so basically, I think the story is a private party has always loved the Hardy Boys, and they really uh, got into the game because of the Hardy Boys. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Matt heard about this, and not that Matt has any kind of storyline going for him right now after his joining with the inner um, with the elite. Uh, so he just decided, I guess, to. Uh, manage private party um i think these guys are too young to be for him to be managing but i guess maybe they're just having a good time well which one of those guys from private party is 22 is it i think it's mark uh mark, mark Quinn? Quinn. yeah i think so so he's the one who was wearing the jordans by the way 
Um, the, the Jordan Four Toros. It could have been the other guy, okay. Isaiah Cassidy. It could have been Isaiah Cassidy. I could be okay. wrong. Whichever the two is, the younger yeah. one. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to shout him out for wearing those Jordan Fours because those were nice. Those were <laughs> nice. I had to Google them and see the price, and then I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> they're nice and they're expensive. Yeah. Uh, good for you, buddy. Uh, at twenty twenty two or twenty three, I forget how old he was. Mm. Uh, he's doing all right for himself. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, going back to that match, uh, decent match. Um, I, I it's think a big win. Big win, huge win. I think they're. I guess has is that what earned them a shot? I guess. Yeah, they're the... gonna face Kenny on Firefest Night Two. Yeah, Kenny okay. and Adam Page. That's right. Okay, so that um, did earn them a shot. Um, I gotta say, AEW, their tag division is unreal oh, right now. And we still have yet to, you know, to preview the night two, yeah. With that eight man tag, which is your four top tag teams, probably, arguably. Yeah. Oh, arguably. Uh, I mean, not even arguably. I would say those are <laughs> the four top teams. Yeah, besides um, Kenny and Adam, who isn't in that match, but yeah. You know. Um, and Private Party. I'm glad they they're less gimmicky now. I, I find. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if if they just didn't come out. Do they normally still come out with the whole? No. The they don't do that now. anymore, right? No, 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 no. They just come out now. Yeah, that's Which good. I think is a lot better. Yeah, I mean, they were very, very gimmicky before, but now I feel like they're just a good tag team now. Um, and they can go. Um, the Inner Circle guys, Santana and Cruz, or Ortiz, sorry, Santana and Cruz, Santana <laughs> and Ortiz, uh, those guys they're can go good. as well. Yeah. They kind of remind me of, do you remember in WCW when Conan had his posse? Yeah. Kind of remind me of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of give me that vibe. I get that vibe too, yeah. <laughs> it was really nice to see them lose to a private party and give them give the young guys a little boost. Yes. Um, I really respect that. Santana and Ortiz are a great tag team, hands down. Yes. Um, so this was definitely a match just to put those guys over for a little while. Mm-hmm. I know, I believe it's one of Santana or Ortiz, I forget which one, had just come back to America. Uh, no, so this... no, no, no! You're thinking of. Uh... Oh, sorry. Again, I said this last week. As <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Uh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, you're thinking of Lucha Brothers. Yeah. So uh, it was nice to see. I have nothing against Inner, uh, Santana Ortiz. They did well in this match. Um, and just a quick shout out to Chris Jericho because I thought he did a phenomenal oh, job on commentary. Uh, really Happy made Canada all the. Too. Yeah, that's right. Canada Day. Canada Day. Uh, which, by Canada the way, Day. Happy Canada Day! Canada Day to uh, you know all the Canadians out there. Uh, it was on Wednesday. Fourth. And happy 4th of July to uh, our American friends south of the border. Yes. For those of you uh, that celebrate. Yes. Uh, but again, anyways, it was a good match. Uh, no quarrels there. Uh, let's get into the title match. Kenny Omega, Adam Page uh, versus the best friends. Ah, oh, man. I, even though I love the AEW tag division, I do not like the best friends. I don't know I how like, do you... I like, I, like, I like them in this match. I don't like them. I don't like their gimmick. Yeah. I like that their mom drove them into the arena. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was cool, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. And he kissed and Trent kissed his mom, which is again funny. Yeah. I love that aspect of them that they can uh very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um the match itself was amazing. I never seen Chuck Taylor and Trent move the way that they moved in this match. Yeah. And they really gave Kenny and Adam Page a fight for those belts. Mm-hmm. Um so I was very impressed. At first I didn't like the fact that they had been pushed. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought there was many teams that could have been pushed, Butcher and the Blade, um, FTR, it's mm-hmm. FTR, FTR, uh, Young Bucks, any of those guys. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have mind seeing Young Bucks versus Omega and Page again because those guys have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but big ups to best friends. They really did, you know, put their 
put a lot of effort into this match and it was a good main event. Yes, uh, I agree with you. I think the match itself was good. Um, I just can't get, I can't get on board with this gimmick, um, and it affects their matches too. Because even in this match, I oh, believe they, they yeah, they were on like uh, they just did a couple of moves, so that, you know, obviously they're on a roll there, and then they they completely crushed their uh, roll by hugging, and then I believe they got attacked while they were hugging. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dang man, why would you just win the match first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're right in that respect. The gimmick kind of hurts them. It's the same way I feel about uh, Orange Cassidy. I feel like his gimmick hurts him a lot in his matches. Yeah. Even though I know a lot of people love his gimmick and they think it's funny and all that stuff. But what, we see what he can do when he can go. Yeah. Um, and I feel the same thing with Best Friends. Uh, like you said, they showcase really what they can do when they can go. But the gimmick just sort of hurts them uh, every now and then. And it's not like it doesn't hurt them to the point that you should write them off. Um, but again, I just can't get behind it. Yeah. So... Adam, Adam and Kenny wins the match. There's always no doubt that they were going to win the match. Let's talk about the ending of the match with FTR. Mm. So FTR comes into the ring to congratulate Kenny and Adam Page. Yep. Um, gives He gives uh, Kenny and Adam Page a beer, uh, both one beer each. Yes. As we all know, Kenny doesn't drink. Right. In his personal life, and that carry on to his kayfabe professional life. Yeah. And as we know, Adam Page drinks a lot. <laughs> yep, in his real life, very possibly, and in definitely in his kayfabe, his kayfabe. life. Yeah. Um, so we see uh, they cheers them by congratulating them, and we all know they have a match uh, next week. Yes. Uh, Wednesday, and that great, that great eight man tag, and uh, we see Kenny look like he's about to drink the beer, which kind of shocked me. Mm -hmm. And then he pours the beer right out, which completely pisses off uh, FTR and his partner. Adam Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, hilarious if you ask me. That's I love how AEW does these things where you don't know if they're foreshadowing or if they're just being funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're particularly foreshadowing because obviously the big storyline here, uh, at least in AEW right now, is FTR versus the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. um, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe well, it was funny because Young Bucks ran into the ring, and they're and you see uh, one of the Jacksons <laughs> telling him he doesn't drink. Don't take offense to it. Yeah. And you see, and you see, like Adam Page, like he threw out the entire beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was almost scripted. I'm uh, not scripted. I think it wasn't scripted that for 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 Kenny to pour out the beer. I think Kenny sort of did that on himself because I really saw some emotion from Adam Page. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and FTR was really pissed too. So uh, yeah. that was great, though. I think that's gonna. That's going to lead to some great matches this year. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the individual storylines. Uh, FDR versus the Young Bucks. Uh, that's got to happen, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, you think that happens next week? Or this coming week, I guess? In terms of them turning? Yeah, they're going to turn for sure. On, they're going to turn for sure this week. You think it's going to happen on the 8-man tag, right? I think so. I, I agree think, with you. Uh, I don't know when they're going to do this match because apparently after Fighter Fest Night 2... Uh, the following week will be uh, Fight for the Fallen, which is another sort of these pay-per-view dynamite, like mm -hmm. not paper, non-pay-per-view dynamite specialty shows. So yeah, yeah, which has already been confirmed for Brian Cage versus John Moxley due to uh, John's wife Renee Young uh, testing positive for Corona, mm -hmm. uh, him being at home with her and not wanting to pass the uh, the sickness on. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really know. That's the only match that's officially been scheduled for Fight Fight for the Fallen. Um, so we'll see what else happens, but I, I think. Very likely, FTR will turn on the Young Bucks in this match. I think the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers will win this this match coming up. 
I agree with you. I think this would be the perfect opportunity, but you never know with AEW. They like to kind of string these string things along, up. right? So yeah. maybe you'll see a almost turn and then not, yeah. uh, which wouldn't surprise me as well. Um, but yeah, those that's definitely got to be the storyline. It's obviously got to be FTR versus the Young Bucks. Uh, now going back to Omega and Adam Hagman, uh, Page, Adam Page, when is that duo going to break up? Not for a while. They gotta lose the belts first. So whoever they, whoever beats them, then mm-hmm. Adam Page will turn on him. I think because mm-hmm. you're gonna get a great singles match. We're coming off a tag team uh, run, tag tag team championship run. Um, it'd be beautiful. It's beautiful storytelling once again. It's just a typical. It's a typical old style of tag team storytelling uh, for your partner to turn on on each other in a normal situation, your tag partner turns on you so you can excel in your singles career. Mm -hmm. Uh, in this case, these are both single great competitors that have become a tag team that have been great together. That'll likely lose the belt at some point. I don't know. It could be a year from now. It could be six months from now. Cause these guys look like the best tag team in all of wrestling. Yes. I said it in all of wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may hold on to those belts a little longer and uh, once that sort of fizzle once the honeymoon phase as they call it fizzles out you'll see Adam Page turn on Kenny Omega and they'll set them up perfectly for a, probably a lengthy rivalry for you know a few months So, well I don't think we've seen uh, a tag team so star studded um, since like what rated RKO you know taking guys like Kenny Omega who's a champion Adam Page who's a, uh, well, not a champion but he's held titles just not the the the, the title but uh, i think he's held the roh title he was pretty oh, big he? in roh yeah. okay I, think, I believe i believe so he's he's he was pretty big he's he's definitely like a high mid carter i would say uh in yeah. his in his uh singles run but um uh, anyways both you know stars in their own rights as singles competitors and and to form a tag team i agree with you i think in terms of star power best tag team right now out there yeah. for yeah. sure um that said i i i think the uh the you know the the relationship could fizzle out a lot sooner than you might think i feel like they've been teasing it ever since they've even became a tag team mm-hmm. uh which has been a while now yeah um, but i th- but i think uh i think you're right it could fizzle out quicker because the tag team division starting to get stacked oh so stacked right now too that's the other thing too like yeah. like you like we've already said aw has Bar down the best tag division right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane how good their tag division is, and they still have teams like you know so- SoCal. Um, what's their uncensored? Is that their name? SoCal. SCU. SCU. SoCal uncensored. Yeah. So they still got teams like that out there, which you know I don't really like them, but uh, they still have other tag. Well, they held the belts, right? That's they, who, they uh, did. Kenny, yeah. Yeah. Kenny and Adam won the belts from. Yeah. Yeah. And they held the belts for quite a while too before yeah. that happened. That's right. So they're definitely. Uh, they're the first champions. So. Exactly. So uh, now let's move to Fighter Fest Night 2. Um, they got so rid much. of... Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say, they got rid of the, obviously, the main event. Um, how do you feel? Are you excited about it still? I still think they got a couple of nice matches that I definitely want to see. I only see the two matches I really want to see. Is FTR, the Young Bucks versus Butcher Blade and Lucha Brothers. I won't beat that with a stick. Mm-hmm. As we've already talked about it. And then Kenny Omega and Page, which is always a treat to watch against Private Party. Private Party is going to really have to show up. Um, I know they definitely did they did well against the Inner Circle, Santana, Ortiz. But this is this is a big step up. So I really hope they bring their A game. Um, and, and, and hopefully Matt Hardy gets involved. Um, I would love to see 
uh, odds against Adam Page and Kenny Omega because I feel like the odds are always in their favor in a fair match. So, Well, you forgot one of the matches that I'm personally excited about, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Cassidy yeah. That's going to be a big match too. Let's talk about the pre-taping then. Um, I, I believe <laughs> uh, there's been some pre-taping that's already been. So this originally started with uh, uh, WWE, I believe, and then it sort of, I don't know how this happened, but it sort of leaked into Firefest. feels like there's a double agent. It does seem that both. way. Right. Um, so we won't obviously spoil the results, uh, but um, both main events or uh, the entire Fighter Fest uh, card was spoiled. Yeah. Uh, the main events uh, with um, for NXT with um, who was it again? Uh, Keith Adam Lee Cole and, Adam and Cole. Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was spoiled. Um, so if you guys want to see the spoilers, just go ahead and head on over to Google. You'll find them. It's very easy. But uh, I think that's, you know, that's an issue that you have when you pre-tape events. Yeah. Um, I'm not really, I'm not that shocked. There's a lot of people that are involved in the production of an event. So it could have been really anyone. The cameraman could have been anyone. And it's six degrees of separation, I believe it's called. That theory that if six people, any six people... Uh, I believe more or less in the world can spread anything to mm -hmm. everyone in the world. I think that's sort mm -hmm. of that, that theory yeah. uh, to a lesser extent, obviously. And uh, I think this had a lot to do with social media, et cetera, et cetera. I guess I won't get into too much. That's right. Uh, Cause we do know how the NXT, uh, you know, spoilers came out. Obviously somebody had taken a picture of the winner uh, and accident quote unquote, accidentally put it on Instagram. I don't know how you. I don't understand how you accidentally put something on Instagram, but it happened. Um, and the other thing too is we don't know if this is all a work. Maybe the WWE intentionally put this out there. Yeah, or it's just Wednesday night uh, specialty show war. Wednesday night wars, I guess you can call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they're as the WWE is also doing a, the Great American Bash night two. That's right. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really watch too much of the Great American Bash part one, besides the Io Shirai match, but. This is stick with AEW right now. So Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, uh, that should be a good match. I hope uh, that Orange Cassidy doesn't do his gimmicks because he's sort of building this match really well, and I hope he, he fights. I, I hope so as well. I mean, I really like – I think he can wrestle when he wrestles. Um, I like his gimmicks for the promos and stuff. That's funny. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a match, man, like, I don't know. I know wrestling. a lot of people are going to say wrestling is all about gimmicks, but yeah, like you said, wrestle, man. Go out there and wrestle. Yeah, there's also something a bit about having too much of a gimmick. I always yeah. talk about how much there's not enough gimmick in some individuals, who I won't say their name, Cesaro, <laughs> uh, but there's also uh, guys that over-gimmick, like Orange Cassidy, at the wrong times. Yeah, right? absolutely, at the wrong times. You said it best. Uh, it's not a bad gimmick for sure, but, um, you know, when he's angry... Yeah. Oh, we he's saw... good. Oh, he's good. So good. Yeah, he's gold. So. And we hopefully... already we already know that he can wrestle. Like we've seen his move sets. He's good. He's very good. Yeah. So he's I agile. Hope he sticks with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Chris Jericho is always good. Really, a uh, really great wrestler, a legend. Uh, so this should be a good match. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's wait and see. Um, now next matchup. Do you want to talk about the eight man tag? Yeah, uh, that should be interesting. I think, again, uh, FTR is going to turn on the Young Bucks, setting them up for a match. Uh, Butcher and the Blade and Lucha Brothers, I don't really know where you go from them from there. Uh, you can get them with fighting Kenny and uh, 
uh, Adam Page. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Butcher and the Blade and Lucha Brothers will have the edge in this match just because they're probably more in line with each other than FTR and the Young Bucks are. Right. Well, I think, you know, the Butcher and Blade and, and Lucha Brothers probably just go back into the tag division and try and work their way back up the rankings. Uh, what's interesting to note is Pentagon Jr. Uh, is actually a pretty good singles wrestler as well. Yeah. Uh, I believe he was an Impact champion. If, if he was, yeah, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, so it'd be interesting to see if he decides to go on this singles route eventually. Um, that said, they are a really good tag team. Yeah, I feel like Pentagon could have a great match with a guy like Pack, who oh. we haven't seen in like months. Oh my goodness! So yeah, what's going on with Pack? Is he just staying at home? I, am, I think in, he's just in the staying UK. At home. Yeah, it okay. looks that way. Yeah, oh, I like so I can't wait for him to come back. But oh my goodness, Pentagon Junior versus Pack. Yeah, that's that would awesome match. that would be amazing. Jeez, you gotta get that. Yeah, these AEW, if you're listening, you gotta make that happen, please. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pentagon Junior uh, can go. Uh, Lucha Brothers are just they have really a lot of good you know chemistry in terms of their tag moves and all that stuff. Yep, yep, yes they do. Uh, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. again, AEW, I can't say it enough. Your tag division is top notch yeah. right now. Uh, now going on to uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Private Party. I mean, I gotta assume Kenny Omega is gonna win this and, yeah. and, and Page. Yeah, I don't know if there's gonna be much to be said about this match. Again, Matt Hardy's gonna have to interfere to help them out for sure, just to mm-hmm. make the match a little more interesting. Uh, straight up though, I don't think these guys are in the same division as them. Uh, so let's just see. Prove me wrong and show me that you deserve to be there. Yeah. Uh, you guys did a great job again um, in, in, the, in the first week. But let's see if you can keep that momentum going and uh, at least give them a, a, a fight. Well, it would, it would definitely be a shocker if, if, if they won. Uh, like you said, I don't think if you had to rank them at this point that they're even on the same tier. No. Uh, that said, not too, many, not too many tag teams are on the tier of Kenny Omega and Adam Page. No. Uh, but teams just... that would be would be like FTR who have been together for a long time. Yeah. The Young Bucks. Young Bucks. Um, possibly Butcher and the Blade and those guys could be there as well. Lucha yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, Ortiz and Santana. Those are guys that could very well be on the level of Kenny and, and Adam Page. Right. I think the thing about Private Party is they're, they're young, right? They're they are just, young. They, they just don't have that... Uh history together i guess you could say exactly yeah uh, but nonetheless they they earned their shot let's see what happens they had a really good match on the first night uh, so let's see um i have no doubt this match will be good though regardless yeah, yeah i agree um and that's about it for aw unless there's anything else you'd like to talk about no i think that's about it we're just getting ready for fire fest too and then i guess uh john moxie will make his return the following night uh for fight for the fallen and yes, we'll with there. Brian Cage. Oh man, I cannot wait. I love Brian Cage. Well, yeah. I don't love him. I haven't seen too too much of him, but uh, I do. What from what I have seen, I'm really excited to see how he'll do in AEW. Um, now let's talk a little bit about the WWE. Uh, one of the matches that we've talked about uh, over the week is Matt Riddle versus John Morrison, which mm-hmm. was a fantastic match. Yes, yes, it looked more real than uh, kayfabe. It looked genuinely, genuinely like John Morrison hated Matt Riddle. A lot of guys don't like Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. um, and Matt Riddle doesn't really give a like. You can see he doesn't really give a crap because mm-hmm. he'll call you bro right to your face and not give a shit kind of thing. He's one of those kind of guys. I, I like him. It's like he's oblivious to the anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it just it just seems like his skin is so thick 
It doesn't yeah. bother him. He right. doesn't care if Goldberg doesn't like him. He probably doesn't care if Undertaker doesn't like him. Right. I'm not sure if Undertaker actually doesn't like him or not. Um, it, it looks like he'll care less about the mid-carders, like guys like uh, Baron Corbin and stuff like that, who are actually at the match and ended up watching him. Like, he was outnumbered. He's sort of like hey, a hey, face show, heel. Show some respect. King Corbin. King Corbin, right. Because <laughs> we, we all know there is no Baron Corbin before. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, uh, but go yeah. on. Yeah, so uh, it was a great match. John Morrison did some moves I've never seen done. Oh, I've never goodness. seen him do. Oh, uh, my goodness. Super athletic. Can we just talk a little bit about that ra- uh, razor's edge into uh, rock bottom that he did? Yeah. Holy Pretty... cow. Yeah. First and foremost, Matt Riddle's a tall guy too, and John Morrison's yeah. not that tall. So to get him even in that position was yeah. pretty impressive. And then to flip him over and get him into a rock bottom type thing, I don't even know. Yeah. Like my mind can't even fathom. It's, it, it's the same kind of thing when I see James Harden step back. Yeah. I just, my mind just doesn't understand how that happened. Uh, but we knew that John Morrison was really good in, was it Lucha Underground? Yeah. Uh, when he was Johnny Mundo. Yeah. Um, and even when he was previously with the WWE, we knew that this guy can go and he, he feels like he hasn't lost a step. Yeah. I feel like, and I respect The Miz, but I feel like The Miz kind of holds him back mm. in terms of what he could at least attempt now, to. Why, why is that? I think The Miz, I think The Miz is not on is no longer on the same level with John Morrison anymore. Mm. Um, I think John Morrison is more gifted athletically uh, and, and as a wrestler than he is. So you, I don't are you see just talking Miz... about like from a wrestling standpoint? Yeah, yeah. I mean, The Miz does great promos, but his wrestling mm. hasn't really evolved. He just, he's a boring wrestler. I'm not going to like itch to see him fight. Whereas like John Morrison, I love watching him fight. Um, yeah. I can watch him fight almost anybody. And especially when he has a good... Uh, opponent it's it's just that much more enjoyable to see as opposed to like the miz the miz versus jo- matt riddle wouldn't have been a great match to me so i agree uh, with you i i think i think i think the miz's time have just sort of passed him by now he is getting a little older he does have a family now he has a tv show now as well mm-hmm. a reality tv show as well on top of the regular tv show uh, it's, it's i think is a uh what do you call it? one of those like uh not american gladiator but one of those like kind of shows right um with obstacle and, and whatnot so he's he's really busy he doesn't really need to focus on wrestling as much anymore and right. you can sort of see he's not really doing it as much anymore so uh yeah this really showed me that john morrison can sort of branch off from the miz whenever he's ready to do so i know he's his friend as well so it's definitely been a good ride for both these guys they look like they're having fun together but uh uh i think john morrison's capable of a lot more yeah, I think John Morrison is definitely the better wrestler. I, I, I would say that WWE probably paired them because obviously, uh, Miz, the Miz has some of the best promo skills in the business, mm-hmm. uh, so they probably wanted his like charisma with John Morrison's wrestling ability. Uh, but if that was the case, you know, why not make uh, the Miz sort of like a manager role instead yeah. of a, a tag team, right? Like if he was John Morrison's manager, yeah, I agree. That, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. When they're both in matches together, you know, the Miz kind of slows down the pace. We know how he works. He's a very, he likes the holds. He likes the rest holds and all that stuff. Um, and he's just really never been all that technical. Uh, whereas John Morrison is like the epitome of technical. Um, he, in my mind would have a phenomenal, uh, singles match with AJ Styles if, if, the, if those two were to go. Ooh, you're, you're, you're punning all over the place, bro. <laughs> 
You're punning all over the place. Hey, man, I had two coffees this morning. That must be the reason. Jeez, two coffees on a Sunday? <laughs> Boy must be getting ready for some action. Uh, but Sorry. Action. <laughs> Wrestling action. We like to keep things PG on the podcast. Okay? Wrestling action. Uh, but uh, John Morrison, you're right, can go. Um, Great match. I think this was the match of the night. I think this... This uh, this was this was this was an early match on SmackDown. SmackDown was terrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Besides the uh, Bailey, uh, sorry, yeah, Bailey and uh, Alexa Bliss match, which I thought was good from beginning to end, but this was J- Matt Riddle and John Morrison was a great match. Everything else was completely trash. I'm tired of Braun Strowman. I don't like him as a champion anymore. Uh, he's not doing enough with it. He doesn't seem. Anyway, that's a different story. But I, Matt Riddle, John Morrison, great match. So just to put this into perspective, I'm usually working afternoon, so I, I typically never get to see any of these events live. This whole week I was off, um, so I did get to watch the events live. And so when I saw, you know, AEW Dynamite, I was like, yeah, this is good. Even Raw wasn't wasn't too bad. Then I saw the SmackDown, mm-hmm. and it was not good, man. Yeah. I was like, if this is the stuff you're putting out on TV, like, why even bother? Yeah. Um, before we move on from the Matt Riddle, John Morrison thing, I do just want to come out and say that, uh, with regards to Matt Riddle's, uh, you know, accusations, uh, some new news did come out. Um, it turns out that he did have a previous relationship with his, uh, quote unquote stalker. Um, so there is, you know, some merit to her side. So I, I do want to just withdraw all of my comments that I previously said, I don't know what happened. Um, at this point, I, I just want to see it play out. Um, it's possible that he, very much possible that he is guilty. Um, let's see what happens, uh, and hopefully, we do get justice if he is guilty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, moving on, Sasha and Bailey. Um, what do you think about these two? They had uh, obviously Bailey had a match on. Uh, was it NXT or SmackDown? Bailey had a match. SmackDown, no, SmackDown. Sorry, it's a SmackDown. S- Sasha had a match with. Sorry, Bailey had Bailey, a match yeah. with Alexa yeah. on SmackDown. Sasha had a match with Io Shirai on NXT. That's right. American Bash Night 1, which was a great match as well. Yeah. Um, Io beat Banks with some help from Asuka, as Asuka is going to be facing Banks at Extreme Rules. And I, and what do I think of Sasha and Bailey? I think they're great. Uh, it's such a good relationship. Bailey's really killing the Karen. Um, the person, Absolutely murdering it. She's yeah, doing she's such a good job. Such a good job. I completely hate her, but yes. I, under, I understand. In a good way. In you know, a good like, way. Yeah. yeah. Not, like how, not like how we hate Charlotte. No offense to Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bailey, I, I love to hate, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, the EO Shirai match with uh, Sasha Banks was uh, NXT. was good. It was a really good match. EO did win. Great. Um, Bailey got into a match with Alexa Bliss after Alexa Bliss slapped Bailey, and then Sasha basically challenged Alexa Bliss to fight Bailey. Sort of yeah. a similar thing of what Bailey did to her last week with uh, yes. Nikki Cross. Yes. Um, um, and just a lot of little things, which is really nice. Uh, like I was saying, I don't know if you caught that at the end of the match, but uh, Sasha ends up giving Bailey both tag titles while Sasha's wearing the uh, the women's title. Yeah. So a lot of little things teasing towards a possible breakup, but um... I don't think so. This is it's too good of a stable to be broken up right now, especially in the women's division. Yeah, I still think Sasha is gonna beat Asuka because Asuka's really got nothing going for her right now. Whereas if Sasha holds the belt, she'll be two belts bank with two belts Bailey, uh, plus a tag team. Like, well, sorry, that's what the um, implicate. What I'm implying is that they're both. Yeah, they're gonna having... have all the. 
all the women's belt at once. It'll be the most dominant women's team ever in yeah. the history of wrestling. Um, so that'll be great to see. And I think WWE does need that right now. Asuka's not doing much. She's a great wrestler, obviously, taking nothing away from her. Uh, but it's just this is just a stronger storyline right now. Well, I always felt that Asuka was a placeholder for that belt. Um, like I said uh, on the last podcast, I don't think she was ever intended to actually have that belt. Just mm -hmm. kind of fell into her lap because of the circumstances. Um, that said, I agree with you, man. I I, I want to see you know two belts, Bailey, two belts, Banks. I absolutely want to see that. Um, it'll be it'll be good for like women's wrestling has been killing it first and foremost. Yeah, they've done a really good job, uh, especially in the WWE. I would say that's probably their strongest division right now. Yeah. Um. So I I agree with you. I think they need to make that happen. Uh, my only fear is that uh, whenever Charlotte comes back, that they change the story. Yeah. Uh, She's that, gonna be out for a while. It looks like if there's an opponent for Charlotte, she'll be back Survivor Series. But I think the uh, the more likely scenario is that she comes back for the Women's Royal Rumble and possibly go for a WrestleMania uh, title shot. It right. looks it looks that way. If But again, anything can happen. Uh, when you're off for a significant amount of time, things change. That's just the reality of it is. And more so in the women's division, things change very rapidly um, in, in the women's division. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Um, that said, if Sasha does turn on Bailey it's hard not to say we can't see that coming either right exactly yeah. i really don't know what they're gonna do which yeah. makes the storyline even better yeah um so really again kudos to bailey kudos to sasha banks both those uh, ladies have been killing it yeah absolutely killing it um just in i guess oscar news i guess not really oscar but kari sane yes uh she's been off for a little while she did get injured uh by, by the hands of nia Jax, who we've actually spoken up much but uh, i won't speak i'm sorry about who nia who nia something i i don't know who that is, is she a nia rocks nia, uh, rocks cousin she a, a wrestler or just uh just a brute <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's uh, not give her any more airtime on our show no um she was injured akari sin was injured um so she's been she's been off for a little while she's had a few injuries this year yeah. So what it seems like what's happening now is that uh, Kari Sane has decided uh, she recently got married. So she'll be returning to Japan to be with her husband once her WWE contract expires. Uh, the belief right now is that she'll um, after she re after she leaves WWE, she'll go back to Japan to wrestle for one more year. And then she'll officially retire just living, you know, a regular, I guess, quote unquote, regular life. Yeah. Um, she was originally scheduled to be written out of the company by Asuka's SummerSlam opponent, but it seems like uh, that's sort of up in the air and how they're going to have her exit. So with especially with a lot of the story writers being changed a la Paul Heyman, mm -hmm. uh, we're not sure how that'll go. I could see Asuka dropping the belt to Banks and then Asuka and Kari have a small feud uh, just Ooh. sort of to end her career. Okay. Um, in WWE anyway, I think that's the best way to do it. And I think Kari would like that as much as Asuka would like it. Cause I think as we've discussed many times, my best wrestling match would be with my best friend, I guess you could say, or my good friend. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be that way. So I don't know what you think about that. Uh, I agree with you. I think if this is like a retirement type of match, at least retirement from the WWE, uh, you absolutely want to be able to choose your opponent and why wouldn't you want to work with, you know, one of your best friends. Right. So. Uh, uh, I agree with you. I think that's um, her versus Asuka. I, I, I think it would be tough 
to build into the storyline because then you gotta no turn one line. of them heel yeah and i think kari would probably go heel um but that said i could absolutely understand it from a, just a personal standpoint mm-hmm. um it's sad to see kari go but at the same time i think it's the right move because the wwe really killed her when she moved up to the main roster i mean she had a good tag run with asuka i'm not gonna lie but she should have been so much more she should have been a champion Mm-hmm. Um, considering how big she was in NXT and how people loved her in NXT and, and she won the title in NXT. Against Shayna Baszler, no less. Yes, who also has just been getting buried uh, yeah. because of Vince McMahon, no less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we won't get into that. But uh, yeah, so I, I felt they just never used her properly. So I, I, I'm glad that she at least can go back home and, and be used the way that she should be used, right? She's a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she looks like she's ready for the second phase of her life. She's gotten significant injuries. She's gotten concussions. So she really can't fight for much longer. And I believe uh, during that ladder match or TLC match uh, with oh, Charlotte yeah. and Becky. Wow. Uh, I, we were talking about that. That, that uh, was a rough one to watch. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it. That if you get concussions, you, you're not, you're not going to fight for much longer because of all the research that has been done on concussions. That mm-hmm. Basically, if you have one maximum two you have to stop because uh it's just very dangerous for you for sure uh, moving forward um just because of all the um all of the studies that haven't really been done but sort of what we've witnessed with football players who have gotten concussions um and multiple concussions at that and then later on become like psycho murderers or suicide like suicide rates amongst retired nfl players who have had a significant amount of concussions i believe it's defined as two or more or three or more mm-hmm. um suicide rates are extremely high with those guys um just because their train of thought isn't the same anymore i think uh similar situations uh, with the nhl too right yes like back yes. in the day at least back in the day yeah now yeah. they're a lot more uh, uh aware and uh, um well really the nhl has changed too now right? you don't really have enforcers anymore yeah uh, it's, it's crazy how you would shifted. have enforcers right like that's yeah. a crazy role like we hire you on a professional sports team to go beat up the other team's star. Yeah. That's kind of wild to me, but... Uh, a yeah. different time, right? Yeah, different time, exactly. Uh, so, we wish Kari all the best. Yes. Um, um, I loved yeah. watching her fight. She was one of my favorite characters. Uh, she's also a hottie. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, all respect to her husband. <laughs> Very um, beautiful lady. She is uh, absolutely... Uh, but yeah, wish her all the best. Um, hopefully, she'll be able to have you know a good run in Japan before she retires. Yeah, uh, she deserves that much. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, a little bit unrelated, but uh, I looked up uh, Luke Gallows and um, Gallows and Anderson. Anderson. And uh, like you said, they have been signed to Impact, but also they've been signed to New Japan, so they're going to have uh, uh, one of those contracts where they're able to wrestle for both uh, companies. That's uh, cool. That'll be really cool. I, I'm interested. I'm really excited to see them back in New Japan because obviously they were a huge part of uh, Bullet Club. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they go back and try to take over Bullet Club or if they start up their own stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so good for them. I was really sad that they got let go from the WWE, but good for them for being able to um, at least you know secure some contracts with some really good companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I remember what we were talking about in terms of uh, who got con- contracted COVID. It was actually uh, UFC. Uh, Gilbert Burns contracted. Uh, yes, that's right. And that so- sort of brought up the fact that now uh, UFC Fight Island, which is actually next Saturday, um, the the main event's now sort of up in the air with uh, 
was it Mas- Masvidal throwing his hat in the ring saying he'd do it even though he's fighting for more money basically meaning that they'll have to negotiate a contract if they want him there and he's obviously playing a power move yeah uh because they need a name and he's basically like a less uh, a poor man's conor mcgregor uh, <laughs> in terms of mike skills anyway yeah yeah um, to do it so it's interesting to see uh, what dana will do um i would obviously uh, first of all i don't agree with what masville is doing he's trying mm-hmm. to get like uh, like you said connor money without being connor yeah um that isn't to say that you know fighters aren't underpaid i agree that they are underpaid but he's probably one of the i think he's getting paid well considering that he's not really a contender um if i had to if i had to uh choose a replacement i would probably go with kobe covington and have that rematch because uh, i don't rem- i don't know if you remember but in that first match i believe he broke his hand yeah yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, leave Masvidal for his, to his nonsense. Um, because you know contract negotiations, he's going to exploit it. And I don't think Dana's got time to work with a child. Uh, no offense. Well, that uh, plus, he, I don't think he's earned the title shot. No, I don't think so either. I mean, he's a great... I mean, he puts on great matches, not going to lie. But I don't yeah. think he's earned a title shot. I don't really think he's uh, on that level. Yeah. Um, and I, don't, I definitely don't think he can beat uh, Usman. No. So um so why even bother but anyways let's see what happens i they might just scrap the match to begin with um well they got a lot of good this is a great card so they they could afford to do that and keep uzman for another yes uh another ufc yeah um it's not really a knock on them to get rid of the fight if they can't come to an agreement because again the card is good so Right. Uh, so one last thing I wanted to discuss before we end off this podcast, um, and this is a little bit more on the sad note, but going back to Hannah Kamara, uh, who obviously committed suicide, I think it was last month or the month before. Uh, turns out, so um, after the grievance period, so uh, first and foremost, I believe it's Korean tradition to not speak out during the grieving period, which is like eight weeks. So that's why we haven't heard anything from Hannah's mother or father uh but her mother recently came out and basically said that she was pressured to act more violent and aggressive on the the reality show terrace house and actually that whole incident that blew everything up where her um uniform was in the wash and got wrecked was completely staged and 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 like i don't know why i even think that it wouldn't be staged because i'm pretty sure most reality tv is staged to begin with um so this just makes the whole thing even that much more messed up and and sad um but any thoughts on this one yeah uh it was pretty for me i don't really watch a reality tv too much i don't really know premises of them but uh just hearing this uh makes the situation definitely more sadder because if it was you know if it was staged and if it was scripted um it's more so a reason to not suicide but i guess just people are just so obsessed with i I think that's the thing though it's like uh, it, it's something that was fake is what triggered all the fans and the fans is ultimately what caused her to commit suicide because it was mm-hmm. online bullying, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's that much more sad that these fans went nuts over something that was not real. Yeah. But it's also on her to recognize that you know the truth, that it's scripted and you're not really this person. Mm-hmm. Um, even though a thousand people, you know, over, you know, large number of people are telling you that 
you know, you're a piece of shit or whatever. Right. Uh, it's up to you to actually, and I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying it's really up to you to say, like, I know I'm not a bad person. Um, I know this is scripted and these are just people that are upset because a, a, a similar example, but definitely not, uh, not, okay. It's a similar example, but not like, obviously not the same, which is, I know an oxymoron in the sentence itself, but, uh, 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 what's his name from Harry Potter, uh, Malfoy. Mm, yes. Malfoy, he yeah. was, uh, he was, so that role really landed him in a, I guess, hotbed of people who just hated his character and would call him out on the street and just like yell at him and stuff like that back in his hometown. And I believe, I believe it's England, but it could be somewhere else. Right. Um, and he always took it in stride because he knew that uh, people are just, he, he see, he took it in a stride where he's like, I did my job properly. So it's invoking emotion from somebody mm-hmm. and to an actor, that's what you want. Obviously, um, Hannah, uh, um, Hannah is more a wrestler than an actor, but it's definitely kayfabe and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, you know, even, even for Malfoy and I forget the, what his real name is, um, to, to experience that for a role of acting, it, it's a terrible thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good that he was able to depict that, you know, what he did was an act and uh, is not true to the person who he is because I heard that he had, he's a great person. Uh, he loves his fans. Right. Uh, Same thing with I... uh, jo- Joffrey, by the way, from Game of Thrones, a uh, similar situation. Oh, shoot. Maybe I was thinking of Joffrey as well. Uh, yeah, I heard Joffrey as well. It's the same situation. So sucks to be a villain on TV. Yeah. Um, it just is what it is as well. You need to recognize... Uh, you need to know who you are. And if you are, if you believe you're a bad person, it's never too late. And we've said this many times to become a good person. But if you are a good person and you are acting and you're getting all this hate online and, and what, I mean, you got to recognize who you should be listening to and who you shouldn't be listening to. Friends and family are foremost um, and everyone else, you know. Right. I, I think it's, a, it's, it's tough because I'm sure uh, like Joffrey in Game of Thrones um, and... Uh, you know Draco Malfoy in in, in uh, Harry Potter. When you're in something that big of a production, I'm sure you have support, right, uh, mm-hmm. from other actors and things like that. I don't know how much support Hannah Kamara really had because she's a wrestler ultimately. Um, she's young too; she was 22. So I can't blame her for not, you know. Um, well, she's... no one's blaming her for anything. First and foremost, so I should make that clear. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, you know, it's tough. You're emotional at that age. You're still developing. I could completely understand when you see fans saying the things that they said, uh, telling her, you know, the hor- I'm not, I won't even repeat it because it's just that horrible. But, um, you know, it's tough. And, and everybody takes things differently. Some people, uh, like you said, are more thicker skin like, like Matt Riddle, like you said. But mm-hmm. uh, some people aren't. And I, that's just the way people are, right? Human nature. Yeah. Um, so it's a tough one, but I just think in light of all this new information, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, it just makes everything so much more worse. And if you're one of those fans, I really hope you're repenting because that's terrible. Well, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror and live your life and stop worrying about people's lives who have no impact on your life. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a dis- it's a disgraceful act. I mean, if you, like I, I I talk many times about not liking Nia Jax, but I would never go tell her to go do something to harm herself or uh, yeah. t- to do something negative to herself. I'm just giving you an opinion of who she is as a wrestler and that's sort of where I ended and people need to learn to be more professional because you're online and you could, your employer may look at that and say, well, we see that you encourage someone to do something bad to themselves. And it, it definitely, 
it's not even about that right like right? if if you know what you're doing is bad just don't do it don't do it be, yeah. a, be, a, be a good person be a yeah. better person if you have nothing good to say don't say it. i think that's yeah thoroughly. if you're worried about you know um something you said could infect you know could affect your job or whatever that means it's bad is wrong and you know it there you go yeah <laughs> so yeah. just be good guys uh so anyways just and wanted girls. to quickly mention that and girls sorry um just wanted to mention that because i thought uh it was important to know that you know the situation was a lot worse than it, it, it was initially you know uh led to billy but yeah. um that's and it like, mm -hmm. go ahead no, i was gonna say like, like all things that have like sort of a dark ending like this more truth will come out uh yes and we'll deal with it when it does yeah so hopefully this is a learning lesson I mean, at the very least hopefully we can learn from this um and again like you said those people who 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 did contribute to the online bullying please take a long long look in the mirror and and just you know reevaluate who you are as a person and how you can change and get better uh so that said that is the wrestle ball podcast for this week not too much news but um a lot of interesting things to talk about uh but next week should be a banger we got the ufc uh, obviously one of the biggest ufc events we've had in recent history um plus we got Fighter Fest 2 coming up, um, as well as the second night of, what do they have, Bash at the Beach? What was this? Great American Bash. Great American Bash. <laughs> they just keep recycling old names. I can't keep up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, so that said, Mark, any last words, sir? I say the word of the day is medicine. Men. Men. Menacing. Men menacing. Menacing. Can, 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 can you use that in a sentence? Uh, Psycho Sid had a men in menacing <laughs> theme. <laughs> just a little backstory. Uh, uh, me and Mark were just talking about Psycho Sid and could not say menacing for the life of him. Yeah, it was a Reddit post actually asking what are the most menacing <laughs> menacing themes. We'll get you there, buddy. Uh, anyways, until next time, you've been listening to the Rest of Ball Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Joe. Joining me is my good friend Mark signing off. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Later, Gator.